church believes heaven and hell are real places. And guess which one you're going to if you keep this up. I don't know how we can fix a world where people have been so convinced that they are doing the right thing out of compassion and love and trying to help people when it is absolute poison, when it is absolutely destructive. Now who's the one that is responsible for how the world is? Who's the one that is responsible for how we all live? Takes the negative influences and poisons all the kids So they just repeat the stupid shit that you and I did Who's the species that wallows in this puddle of mud? Who's the one that painted the planet? Welcome all ye apostates. I've got some good news this week. Uh, it's a bit of a long episode, but an amazing interview with an incredible artist. I featured him last week, and this week again, I have Tombstone to Dead Man. Listen to it, you will enjoy it. Uh, next week, my co-host will be with us. We are working on our first conversation with some of the audio issues, and so that'll be on for you next week. Have a good time. I'm very much a skeptic. More, I'm, I'm more of a skeptic than I am an atheist. I mean, atheist is a conclusion based on my skepticism. You'll have to come like a little child to the foot of the cross. That attitude is what is responsible for the rise of atheism. That's not what Islam is all about. Islam is peace. What is the penalty for leaving the Muslim faith? With a death penalty. Thank you. This is Apostasy Now. For people to get the information correct before they start yap, yap, yapping. Get ready to root for the bad guys. Because we need evidence. The only evidence. How are you doing? Pretty good, pretty good. I've been looking forward to this all week. Oh, cool. <laughs> so uh, where where are you from, and uh, how'd you get started? Okay, I was um, born and raised in Baltimore City, Maryland. Um, basically, I've been uh, rapping and, and making otherwise making music since I was like 13 years old. Um, it's funny because one of the guys that actually inspired me to start making music did the most simplistic as far as content-wise, songs ever. <laughs> but at that time, that's what it was, you know. Um, uh, Dougie Fresh. I, I was a huge fan of uh, the rapper Dougie Fresh back in the day. And he didn't... A lot of his subject matters dealt, you know, around partying and, and other things like that. Yeah. But it was just, I don't know, maybe it was his cadence or, you know, maybe it was the way his voice sounded over the uh, hip-hop instrumentals. But he really inspired me to think about rapping and then a friend of mine dared me to do it said you know basically uh asserted that i couldn't do it and you know at least back then when i was a kid if you dared me to do something said i couldn't do it i just had to take up that challenge so i was like challenge accepted (laughs) i started (laughs) i started doing it and I, i liked it um and I've been doing it pretty much ever since, with varying, uh, you know, various degrees of of, the, of success. But yeah, yeah, that's a young age. Uh, yeah, this is definitely a, a passion. Uh, I have to tell you, I, like when I grew up, I was introduced uh, to to rap through Run DMC. Mm. Yeah, my Classic. cousin, my cousin uh, gave it to me. My background's uh, uh, Mennonite 
uh, modern Mennonite, right? So mm-hmm. there was nothing like rap. I remember the, <laughs> <laughs> the first the first time I heard the album, I remember I kept asking him, "What is this?" <laughs> <laughs> the second time I heard it, I was in love. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I know the feeling, man. I mean, it's something about it. I think for me, it's the the fact that. That in most cases, well, in the in the best case scenarios, it's 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 so lyric focused, like you can really express a point and for it to be heard, uh, and, you know, you know, provided there's a couple of caveats there, you know, you have some rappers that rhyme so fast <laughs> that you can't pick up what they're saying, but for you know for the most part, especially when I really started getting into it, it was really about what the person was actually saying, you know, you could pick it out. I remember the girls used to write the lyrics down. And memorize them, or their favorite rap song, and do them like as, uh, as as little cheerleading cheers. That's how <laughs> focused it was on the lyrics, you know. Yeah, it's uh, it's an incredible art form. The thing that really caught me about you, like, it's been um, with all kinds of music. I've kind of uh, kind of drifted away for the most part. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I heard your lyrics on that video, though, it immediately uh, tapped into that. That side of me that, you know, there used to be uh, a couple of people when I was younger, like you say, it was the lyrics. It wasn't mm-hmm. just it wasn't just the style. It was also the content of what they were right. saying. And it's been a long time since somebody's grabbed me like that. Like your content is significant. Thanks, man. Uh, you know, I'm just rapping about basically what I feel. Um, you know, when I was younger, I, I spent time rhyming about, you know, the more common themes in rap, just like, you know, most rappers. But. Uh, I don't know, maybe about, I would say, 2009, uh, I started a YouTube channel uh, called Rational Warrior. Yep. And I got tagged in a uh, by another YouTuber to make a video showcasing any talent or skills that I had. So I wrote a song basically about um, atheism. And a lot of people liked it. And you know, so I started doing more of them. And... Uh, a huge YouTuber with a lot of subscribers, um, Dark Matter twenty five twenty five. Yeah, he used one of my songs as a backdrop for one of his videos, and I jumped from having, I think at that time I had one hundred and fifty subscribers. I jumped from one hundred and fifty subscribers to about five thousand. Wow! In um, <laughs> maybe less than a week. And it's been a steady stream. Then after that, I, I did another song called Poison. And uh, Matt Delhunty, uh, so one, of, one of my fans, shared the song with him because I sampled a portion of the dialogue from one of their shows. And um, he played it on the Atheist Experience. Nice. Yeah, and it got a lot of views and I got even more subscribers. So eventually it led up to... Um, uh, David Silverman from American Atheist, he contacted me about performing at uh, the Reason Rally. So I was like, I don't think I can turn that down. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, um, yeah, I went out there and um, I had did, a, did two songs and it had got a really good response from people. And, you know, I... It's been kind of a whirlwind because I'm an older MC. I'm not not one of these kids. You know, I've been doing this since I was 13. I've turned 44 this year. Oh. So the fact that I started getting any attention for my music at the age I am now, which is 
this and this particular genre is a young man's game for real is startling to me i'm startled by it every day the fan mail i get and stuff like that I'm like really <laughs> i think people are really looking for for what you're offering um it's i know it for you it's probably what you're feeling and what you're thinking but for uh, on a larger scale it's difficult to find people that are thinking that <laughs> it, like, it, yeah it, yeah in the industry right yeah, because, I mean, every time you turn around, uh, if you watch any of the award shows, which I avoid like the plague, but if you watch any of the award shows, these uh, artists will get up there and the first thing comes out of their mouth, I would like to thank God, you yep. know. <laughs> and it's, you know, I, I think, too, uh, you make a good point because about the, the fact that people are, cl- are kind of zoning in on the stuff I'm talking about because the atheists, I hate to use the term community, but... <laughs> Most atheists are maligned for their position. Yeah, we, we are are told that we are the scum of the earth, baby eaters. All right, we're, we're told, you know, we, we're basically judged by a standard that is not it's not true. You know, and people are usually arguing against the straw man perception of what we are. So to hear, I guess, to hear somebody reaffirm and take a strong position on something and, and try to use it, say it in a positive light. You know what I mean? I yeah. think that that's probably what the appeal is. But um, I just think more of us need to actually do that. I think more of us need to come out with that because what happens is if you don't frame a narrative about yourself, the people who are your enemies will frame a narrative about you. If you're going to remain silent, then other people will fill in the blanks, or mm-hmm. just, or they'll even pretend you're not even there. Yeah, I, I don't know which one's worse. <laughs> <laughs> right, <laughs> right. With me, I could go open. I could mm-hmm. tell people openly, so I sort of should because, you know, some people they have occupational situations or family situations where it's not as easy for them. Right. Yeah, and obviously, some parts of the world. Uh, people get killed for yeah, yeah. <laughs> for speaking their mind. Really? Yeah. I mean, it's it's a thing of, well, you know, I know from the, the type of stuff that I talk about in my um, songs at times, I know it's going to close certain opportunities to me. I, 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 you know, I accept that and I, I deal with that um, because I put my art really before the, the financial part of it. Like, I, I wouldn't feel right making money off of saying things that I didn't truly, you know, accept as my truth. So, you know, I, I've, I've, I've decided and made a conscious decision that if anybody doesn't want to work with me because I'm an atheist, then I don't want to work with you, <laughs> you know? <laughs> that's you know, right. I, that's, that's how I feel about it. I mean, it's, it's a thing of at some point we have to make a stand and make a stand in, in pretty much every I, like every type of uh, genre of life or, or position in life, if you think a certain way, you don't have to be a dick. You know what I'm saying? You don't have yeah. to be a dick. But but there's a way to to express your viewpoint. Yeah. And 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 to do it in, a, in an authoritative way, and, and without sounding like you're apologizing for for right. feeling that way, yeah. without coming off as a jerk. You know what I'm saying? Like so, of course in rap. The whole one of the the key elements is to come off as a jerk. So yeah, if you hear some of my <laughs> rhymes, some of the stuff I say in the rhymes, yeah, it's hyperbole. You know what yeah. I mean? But when I have those type of conversations with um, a theist, 
on uh, Facebook or other social uh, uh, websites, um, I don't come off like that because I found that when you insult people in the process of you trying to talk to them, they close their minds to what yeah. you're saying. Yeah. You know what I mean? They instantly just like stop listening to your argument and focus in on the fact he called me a dumbass. See, now, <laughs> that, <Yeah. laughs> it's not really productive for the conversation. And yeah. they might not, you know, of course, no one's going to change anybody's opinion about something that they spent their entire life um, have, having been taught the religious principles and stuff as a child. But well, even with me, you know, certain conversations I had with friends of mine that came out as atheists, you know what I mean? It may didn't change anything right there, but it did give me food for thought. Yeah. That later on, it was like sleeper sleeper cells, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like later on, something would happen that would bring to mind what they said to me and go, oh, that's what he was, that's what he was talking about. Exactly, yeah. You know? Yeah, so your, your background, uh, tell me a little bit about that as far as your religious upbringing. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was uh, raised Pentecostal. Okay. Um, one of the most scariest things <laughs> for a child ever is to sit in the Pentecostal church and watch a woman that is tipping the scales of maybe 300 pounds going into what appears to be an epileptic fit yeah. speaking in tongues. It was the most horrifying thing ever. Um, when I got a certain... I always questioned, though. Like I, I was a believer. I was a staunch believer. But some things really just didn't make sense to me. And I would try to silence my mind of those questions because, I, you know, I would, once you're taught that there's somebody always listening to your thoughts, yeah. that's always watching what you're doing, it can be really stressful if you're somebody really trying to figure out these inconsistencies, but you still believe. And you're trying to even measure your thoughts so that they're not disrespectful, right. if that makes any sense. Oh, yeah. So um, once I got, uh, I think, about 16... Or so, I really started looking into um, other religious, um, but it was all under the umbrella of Christianity. But other the other denominations under Christianity, I started just looking at them and, and seeing what they were saying and everything. And it got to a point where it's just, you know, a lot of the questions that I had were either not being answered in a forthright way, or I was being told I was wrong for even questioning it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I eventually left uh, Christianity and converted over to Islam. Oh, wow. That I didn't know. Yeah. Yeah. Thinking, thinking that, oh, yeah, because it's a PR thing in the, in the United States. It's a PR thing in the, in the black community with Muslims. They have great public relations. And it's this perception <laughs> that they are, you know, more informed than, than the Christian about things in general, politics. Uh, religious that they, they they it's this perception that they're on the ball about this stuff. Well, I got to tell you, it's just a perception. Because when I, <laughs> I I was a Muslim for like maybe ten years, and um, eventually it happened the exact same way it happened with Christianity. There are certain things you guys are telling me that are inconsistent with other things you're telling me. But when yeah. I question you about it, I'm either told I'm wrong for questioning. Or I'm not getting a, a, a straightforward answer that's satisfying and convincing. And, I, and at some point, I said to myself, you know what? I'm not giving anybody the benefit of the doubt anymore. Because that's really what, what, what was happening. Yeah. Same with Christianity. 
You're giving the past the benefit of the doubt. You're giving grandma the benefit of the doubt. You're giving your, your, your mother and whoever, whatever other adult that's in your life as a child the benefit of the doubt that they know what the hell they're talking about. Yep. And I stopped doing it. And once I made that conscious decision, or you know what, dude, I'm, I'm, I'm really not really, I'm, I'm just not giving you the benefit of the doubt anymore. You're not just going to tell me something without any evidence or, or anything to, that backs it up from a legitimate source, and I'm going to accept it. And once I started thinking like that, atheism was the next step because I, I moved from a position of thinking I knew something to saying to myself, I don't know shit. I don't know shit. So yeah, if, you're, if you're making this claim, I'm going to ask you to prove it, much the same way the scientists have to prove the stuff they say. They have to have evidence for it. You're going to have to have evidence. You're not just going to come to me and say, uh, uh, Jesus died on the cross for my sins. Or you're not going to come to me and say that Muhammad pointed to the moon and it cracked in half. Dude, you're not going to be able to say that shit to me <laughs> unless you can present to me some evidence and, and make it a, a rational, coherent thought and, and not use emotional blackmail, yeah. not use uh, uh, um, what, what, uh, what may apparently seem to be the popular view and go, well, everyone knows this. No, everyone doesn't know that. Everyone says that. Yeah, <laughs> that doesn't mean that they know what they're talking about. Yeah, absolutely. I I think the word that we're looking for is uh, disbelief. They they launch attacks on disbelief, any kind of doubt. Yeah. Now are you tired of all the lies are disguised by faith dabblers Fallacious claim makers that's faker the snake handlers Mad at us cause we ask the questions to straight dismantle up Intellectually weak and they piss they can't handle us It's kinda funny how they always quick to throw it harmonious When all the wisdom of Solomon ain't enough for common them Your lack of belief is just like a bomb to them So every time you ask them for proof it's just bringing harm to them So now I must be Lucifer cause I don't see no truth in you And every piece of data that's discovered is disproving you So now I'm just assuming you Rather have somebody preaching to you And they treat you like a child the whole time that they speaking to you must have really have to go there and insult your intelligence Before you understand your Bible quotes are not relevant To any of our topics when discussing the facts Man, fuck that, bring some evidence and don't you come back You don't really want us here, let's be totally honest That's why you wish death and destruction upon us But I'ma keep on doing this to you regardless See, I don't believe you cause your mind is so tarnished You don't really want us here, let's be totally honest That's why you wish death and destruction upon us But I'ma keep on doing this to you regardless See, I don't believe you cause your mind is so tarnished they, they start ingraining that into you right away and anticipating your common inclination towards wanting to know why. Question right. why. Or how do we know? Don't question. Don't think. Yeah. And, and God's listening to your thoughts. So think the so right be thing. Be careful. Yeah. It's right. It's a thought police. Oh, yeah. You know, I don't try to indoctrinate my kids into anything. I would much rather prefer to teach them how to think instead of what to think. Right. I have, a, I have a little one myself, and uh, uh, my wife is still a believer. Mm -hmm. So we've had this discussion, so I've had to really think about it. Um, how, where do you fall on the idea of like, the difference? I know that you're not going to you know, indoctrinate your children, but mm -hmm. what about the idea of them being introduced in some way to what religion is in some, some passing sense, at least? Like, how, how do you think about that? Uh, I'm actually for that. I think, I think just going off of some of the interactions I've had with other atheists who have never been religious, a lot of them, you know, that I've met and talked to, they, they, they lack a certain understanding yeah. of that mindset. 
And I think really when it comes to having this discussion, you kind of need to understand where the other side is coming from in order to effectively yeah. respond to them. So I have no problem with my, with my kids learning anything about these other religious things. But before they get introduced to that, what I have done is, like me and my wife have, we got uh, logical fallacy books, um, um, how, teaching them how to think critically so that when these claims are thrust upon them, it becomes like a reflex. When they, when they hear something, it's like, whoa, wait a minute. Yeah. Can you, like, what evidence is, that, is there to, to back up that claim you just made there? And I think that's a far better way than me just imposing, you know, my 44 years of experience in yeah. their little brains. I would much rather them come to those conclusions on themselves because in many cases, it's not what you know, it's how you know it. Generally speaking, that's what I find is more common with uh, non-believers, like atheists and skeptics. I think most of us feel that it's our job to help them, like you say, have the tools as they grow yeah. Yeah. rather than the content uh, being like ours. Right, right, yeah. exactly, exactly. I think it's important because the world that we live in, and it's been this way for a while, is full of people that are trying to either lie to you outright or have been lied to themselves and are spreading the 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 lie around. Yeah. And the best tool, the best gift you could give your, your children is the tool of being able to think critically and, and actually look at claims and, and and really examine whether or not the claim has merit. And this goes beyond just religion because in politics, you know, these people stay making assertions, <laughs> stay saying things that are either half true or outright false. Um, yeah. Even in relationships, uh, growing up uh, as a child, you know, you, you become a teenager and you get in relationships with, with, with other people. Even in those type of uh, uh, situations, being a critical thinker definitely helps. So, I, you know, I just think it's just that in itself is one of the best tools you could ever give your your, your child. Yeah, you know? Absolutely. Critical reasoning isn't just going to help them uh, when it comes to the idea of whether they're going to buy into a religion or not. It's right. going to help them in every walk of life. Every aspect of their life. And it's important, man. I think, too, I mean, if you, if you look at just in the, in the United States, there were roughly 300 million of us. Yep. And unfortunately... Well, it's it's a it's a it's it's a good and bad situation. We have access to information at our fingertips. Uh, we disseminate information now faster than at any other time in human history. Just by googling something, you opened up yourself up to a wide range of facts, studies, whatever. The problem is though, almost anyone can make a web page. Yeah. And you can now find uh uh, uh, affirmation for almost any position you take. Yeah. So to navigate that, you, you have to kind of be a critical thinker. Like you have to. It's yeah. just too much. Out. It's too much. It's like I would call it misinformation overload. Like it's a lot. It's a lot of that out there, and you have to like navigate through that. I can't tell you how many times. I'm sure you've been through it yourself. You've been in a thread on on, on a social network or a news or a thread or something, and someone will post a link. Thinking that this website definitely is the nail in the coffin, 
<laughs> you know, yeah. this, this this seals the deal <laughs> on their position. You can't possibly top what they just placed there. And then yeah. you go to the website, trying to be an honest researcher, you go to the website and you immediately see telltale signs of of, of douchebaggery going on <laughs> on the website. You know, you'll see everything from um, advertisements for books written about the Bible. You'll see... Um, all kinds of uh you, you'll see first one thing you, you won't see is citations and references in the article yeah this you is won't the, see any of it it's not gonna say this is the journal we were published right in. <laughs> right right or or the journal will be like uh you know one that's privately run and mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. follow and, the money <laughs> and this is this is what you're talking about this is where the, you know when i would hear your lyrics this is like clearly this man has a skeptical mind and he has developed yeah. his his what I call a tool set, right? And uh, it more and more people, I think, are going to need, desperately need this as the internet expands how much mm-hmm. information is available as opposed to what is relevant or reliable data. Right, right, absolutely. I, I think the one thing I always, you know, talk about, because I'm part of a um, creative collective called Grand Unified, and one of the main things that we really stress is be a skeptic first. Yeah. The skepticism will lead you to atheism. Be a, tr- a skeptic. And, but a skeptic that is not a critical thinker is every, is, is every bad as any conspiracy theorist. Because yeah, that's true. <laughs> you know, like, you can't just... Because at that point, you're not a skeptic. You're a cynic. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's far better to be a skeptic. Be a skeptic first. Because believe me, over these past few years, me coming out as an atheist, I have I have seen that not all atheists are skeptic. They might be skeptical about religion, yeah. But when it comes to other, I've seen some some really weird stuff. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 stunning, right? I, I've had it's a it's a returning naivety. I have to be reminded of this that we don't all come through the process, like you say, of skepticism. Right. Some people just kind of go, "I don't like it." Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think that that's the that's the best way I've heard that described. That's that's exactly what it is. It, it, you know, they, they and it's a lot not to be liked. Don't get me wrong. It's a it's a lot not to be liked about the concept in general. But just because you don't like it doesn't necessarily mean it's not true. You still need to go through the process of discovering whether or not it's true or the odds of it being true. You know what I mean? And if you don't take that time. To actually do an honest, thorough vetting of that of that of religion and the information that it purports to be uh be 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 to to a point where you can't question it. If you don't take the time to do that, all you're gonna wind up being is what they refer to as an asshole atheist. <laughs> I don't like it. <laughs> the hell with, I don't care about no Jesus, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, yeah. You know, and that's not a legitimate argument to me. Like when I hear, when I see, I cringe when I see a lot of that stuff. Sometimes, I'm like, yeah. dude, dude, stop, please stop. Yeah. Oh, well, you know, it's there. There's uh, some people that I've I've talked to. They don't seem to have even a desire to yeah. under understand. Like, if you're going to get into a debate on the issue, and they're like not even interested in the debate, mm-hmm. they just you know, I, I don't understand that. It's uh, I, I don't, like you say, I don't need to be an asshole. I don't need to crawl in through people's windows into their kitchen and, and argue <laughs> with them at breakfast about whether their right. religion is right. 
But at the same time, when it comes to some of this issue, it has bleed over even in everyday life to separation of church and state. Absolutely. uh, How laws are drafted. I think that, um, which that, that leads me to another thing that's kind of a pet peeve of mine is the passive um, atheist, the one that's ultra, ultra passive because, and, and to the point where they get offended when one of us talks about it or yeah. takes a position, they get offended almost as bad as much as the theist does. And, and, I, and I, it's puzzling to me because this is my position on all of that. If they're using a holy text as the source of their bigotry or the source of their political position, that automatically makes that text open for scrutiny. Yeah. If you're, if you're going to say that, well, why, why, why shouldn't gays get married? Because in the Bible it says, the moment you say that, it's open season on that book. Yeah. A truth statement, a fact statement. You're saying that because God said, well, according to you, because God said that that's wrong or whatever, we should make all kinds of legal <laughs> you <Yeah>. know, precedents <laughs> based off of that, that book. And the moment they do that, it's fair game. So when I see a lot of the more passive atheists who, no, no, don't talk about that. No, 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 don't. Why are you attacking that? <laughs> I do. Like, are you serious? This is, this is what they're using to beat their intolerance over our heads with. So what do you want? You, you think I shouldn't? Like, to me, if, if you don't go at the root of the problem, you're, you're not gonna, all you're doing is basically treating the symptoms. Yeah. So, so well, I, I'm going to go at the book. For myself, the, the place, like I say, I draw the line, sounds like the same place as you, uh, where I don't think people should ever, uh, skeptics and atheists should never feel they have to be ashamed or quiet or bend the yeah. truth. Yeah. Um, as long as you use your common sense, I guess, if you if you will, and uh, if someone, for instance, you know, the example I use is if you're at a funeral. Yes. <laughs> That's probably not the time to get into it about how when you die, there's no nothing after. You and, think? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, another thing is because of our uh, religious background and how it took time for us to come out of it. Mm-hmm. I try to remind, in particular, I try to remind skeptics that are atheists as well, that uh, yes, there, there's an important conversation to have that religion is not being skeptical. That's true. But if religious people are coming out for skepticism on other issues, mm-hmm. try to work with them on some level as opposed to Absolutely. just shutting them out because they're, they're learning how to use a part of their brain that they need. Yeah. 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 And it will, you know, at some point, eventually, in, in a lot of cases, lead them to start to question those other things. Because, you know, the biggest gateway, the biggest wall that's preventing a lot of it is fear. Yeah. It's, it's 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 fear uh, that that story is true and they'll be made to pay for it for eternity. There's also the fear of the social ramifications that comes from putting oh, yeah. yourself out there, because my me and my family, I'd be quite honest. As far as my immediate family, we're cool, you know, but the family members that are you know, the other family members like my cousins and, and aunts and stuff like that. Once they found out that I don't believe in Jesus, <laughs> you know, <laughs> they kind of um, start distancing themselves from me. And mind you, this was back when I left Christianity to go to Islam. Yeah. So I already had the spears thrown at me. 
I already had that. So when I left Islam, religion completely, for them to throw spears at me then didn't really much mean anything to me. I had an impenetrable force fit. You know, like, yeah. I already went through that. Yeah, I know, I know. Remember when I was into Muhammad real yeah, heavy? <laughs> uh, I remember what you said then. So just take what you said then and apply it to this too. <laughs> you know? Yeah, uh, so you were, you were ready for what was to come. Yeah, I pretty much was. Um, <laughs> like, I knew it was going to be a hot-button thing because my family is uber-religious. Like, most people in the black community are, like, uber-religious. Where yeah. I have some family members that on Christmas Day... Their kids couldn't open up their presents until after they came from church. Like that's wow. the type of family I come from. So, um, believe me, it, it was it was a big deal for me just to leave Christianity and go to Islam. You know, so that next step was to leave all religion altogether. I had been there, done that with Christianity. I know what you're going to say, and I don't really care. <laughs> you know. <laughs> It, it, you know, like you said earlier, it is hard to explain that to people who grew up in a non-religious home or where religion was basically mm-hmm. just a, a kind of a, a tradition of right. on Christmas, maybe showing up at the church. Mm-hmm. And some of them uh, are more, have taken more time to learn than others. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I, I've done, I don't know about you, but I've done quite a bit of listening and reading on the origins of the Bible, yes. where the church came from. And so when I engage with a Christian, I'm able to ask them some questions and, and pretty quickly gauge how much they've... How much uh, they know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How much they've bothered to learn. Because that matters. That matters in any conversation that you're going to have with them. It's just like I've told myself, too, that I refuse to engage in any science conversation with someone who doesn't know what the word theory means in a scientific <laughs> connotation. Some of the basics. Yeah, like, cause, because I can't repair all of that. Now, I'm not a scientist. Yeah. While I, I am, um, and I'm not a teacher in that, that, that respect. While I'm, uh, I've gone out of my way to learn about it because I'm interested in it, I can't repair that much. <laughs> you know, that much. <laughs> I can't. It's too much. If you don't know basic stuff like what a theory is, what a hypothesis is, if you don't know this basic stuff, <laughs> I, don't, I don't even know. Like my wife once said, she said that a, con- a conversation is like a contract. We can't really have anything going on until we all agree on the, the meaning of the terms. Yeah. You know, and, and if we're arguing, if I can't even get to the evidence of evolution yet, <laughs> because I'm still <laughs> arguing with you over what theory means in a science sense. So yeah. it, it's too much. I have too much to do. I can't, <laughs> I can't take them back to the third, fourth, and fifth grade to learn this stuff. So you have to have a certain amount before I engage you on that topic. And it's kind of the same with, with religion. Like, there are people that believe simply because their families were into it. It's not that they've done any research on their own faith at all. They don't, they don't know any of the nuances, any of the history, any of that stuff. Yeah. They don't know any of it. So when you sit there and try to have a conversation with them, about why your position on certain things, certain assertions made by the Bible, or certain things they say is history when it's not even. You can't have those conversations with these people because they, they believe because it feels good. They believe because their family told them this is what it is. At a time when you were a child, where you didn't have the, the cognitive ability to analyze the claim that your parents was making, and you were very trusting, which is natural. Yeah. I mean, 
These first, people are the most important people in your life. You know? I, I, I call them your first authority figures. for Your first of authority a, figures. Exactly. Argument from authority. <laughs> that grandma said. And yeah. see, that, that's the other um, wall that's placed up there, too, mentally, when we dis- we're discussing it. Because they think, because I'm attacking their position, it's so much baggage with their position. You're attacking yeah. my gran- you're attacking my grandma. Like it's a whole yeah. lot of stuff <laughs> right there, you know. Have you ever um read uh The God Virus by Dr. Yes. Dale Ray? I have it. I have it, yes. Yeah, that's that is a brilliant work. Yes, he, it is. I, I recommend it every now and then to people just because it puts all of this into such a good analogy of the virus. Mm-hmm. And I think it's easier for people once they have that analogy to wrap their mind around how these things work. Right. Right, exactly. How certain um, antibodies, which well, we refer to them as antibodies, but they're really positions <laughs> yeah. that they inoculate uh, the believer with, so that when someone comes to them with, with 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 some this is the facts, this is the data, they already have a, a answer, a, a, you know, a talking point to dispute, and they feel like as long as they can respond to it, they've They've won something, they, you know. And, and yeah. so I actually interviewed the author of um, the God Virus uh, a couple of years ago when I had I was a co-host on another podcast. Um, yeah, he's a, he's he's a funny guy. Actually. Yeah, funny guy. It's a good book. It's a great book. Yeah, he also did uh, the audio version for it himself. He read it himself. Oh, really? Which, I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Which I always like. I like hearing the author read their own work. Yeah. Yeah. So um, another thing that probably a lot of people uh, have no idea about being uh, being in the artwork that you are being a, as a performer, how, what kind mm-hmm. of a, what kind of reception have you gotten to your message from your fellow performers um, from the general atmosphere? It's funny because um, there are a lot more atheists than people think. That, that's number <laughs> one. Like, um, there are a lot more atheist rappers. Than people think too. That that that's that's the other thing. Uh, the the thing you got to realize that in, in hip hop, most of these guys are trying to sell a product. Yeah. And they're doing they're doing the math on it. If the the vast majority, well, I think they said what eighty five percent of the American people self identify as Christian, and they're trying to market a product towards the vast majority to try to make money and sales, they're not going to come out and say anything about their atheism because they don't want to turn off that yeah. that segment. So I have gotten messages from, from rappers. I won't put them on blast, but I've got messages like, dude, I like that song. I like what you were saying, blah, blah, blah. They, they will never do it themselves <laughs> because they're, they're trying to sell a product. And while there is a place for the business side of it, don't get me wrong, I mean, we all would like to to make a living doing the thing that we love to do. I just, I don't know. I don't feel like you're a complete artist if you don't, if you don't put yourself out there with something that you really think. You know what I mean? I just, I, I don't feel, I would feel weird about that. Taking a position in a song that I don't actually, it's one thing if I'm, if I'm in a creative mood and I'm telling a story, that's one thing, but I just couldn't see me. <laughs> You know, doing a song, yeah. a gospel rap. I imagine it wouldn't be as rewarding for you to do what you do if you uh, couldn't be honest about your experience yeah. and your. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, but usually, like I said, the reception I get from 
my fellow artists. And, and uh, again, I'm spoiled because being a part of uh, Grand Unified, it's a lot of rappers in Grand Unified that talk about what I talk about. So I'm spoiled being around these guys. So when, so, when I do get a, a response from another rapper that's outside of that creative collective, it sometimes weirds me out a bit. Like, dude, how come you just don't talk about it in your songs? But then I remember, no, because he's trying to sell a product to a vast majority of people. And it's funny because I've actually been accused by Christians of, um, well, you're only doing this to sell records. Dude, if I was, if, on, are you serious? Like, like yeah. if I was doing this just to sell records, trust me, I would not market towards atheists because, right. because it, they, they're like not the majority. I would do something completely milk toast, non-threatening, and non-controversial. But I think it's the artist's job to yeah. create conversation. Like, not they have to talk about it. I think also it doesn't make any sense, not just because of numbers, but because if you were, for instance, like you say, to just pretend to be pro-Christian, and some Christians took, oh, that's some great tracks, they can circulate that within their community a lot faster than atheists oh, yes. tend to do. Oh, yes. So Absolutely. from a business point of view, that argument makes is completely No counted. sense. Yeah. <laughs> and the fact that I have also learned that um, hip-hop is not the music of choice in the atheist community. You know what I mean? So I'm still fighting up a hill. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm still yeah. fighting up a hill. Um, most of the aces I come across, their first love is rock or metal. You know what I mean? And I like both of those things too. But yeah. you'd be surprised how many fans that I have that say, I'm not usually in the rap, but you know yeah. what I'm saying? So I'm still I'm fighting an uphill battle with that as well. You know, so just the idea that <laughs> it's done just to sell records. Look, I'm gonna tell you, I'm gonna tell you. You know, straight like like that. I appreciate everybody that came out of their comfort zone of a music or a genre that they ordinarily didn't listen to or had a negative uh, perception about, and support my work. You know, because yeah. I get a lot of that, and mo- a lot of people that buy that, that buy my CDs and stuff, they're not ordinarily into rap. I that I was the gateway for them to actually get into it and then consider what it can possibly be, because that's what it used to be. I mean, yeah, it started off on the party tip, but it got to a point where people were actually making political positions. They were they were discussing real topics, and it kind of got away from that, back to the partying and the jewelry and the clothes and stuff like that. And a lot of people left it when it when it went back to that. Yeah. And I'm saying it can be that again. It's like it's like a hammer. Is only a tool if I use it as a tool. It can also be a weapon. You know what I mean? So that's, yep. that's what hip-hop is. Hip-hop is a tool set. Yep. You can use it to talk trash, or you can use it to, to disseminate information and, and express an idea. Contents, everyone else. I'm not for you. I got these people attacking the things I rap about. So I thought I'd take this time to slap the taste from out their mouth. And verbally abuse the bats quite nicely. The comments that you vomit are likely only to spite me. But some of y'all have taken the rest of nothing else surpasses. It's not a joke to me, provoke me, cause boost the asses. Staffed all these years of rap rappers trying to dumb it down. I guess you listen long enough. It's so you fucking stupid now. You and your generation of short bus passengers. Think you got the answers. That's the reason why I laugh at you. The IQ of my audience is much larger than yours is. And I refuse to make my art at all for applause. The fact is that you're ignorant. Lower level intellects completely unprepared and uninvolved to comprehend me yet. Cause my music's not suited for the mainstream. My music is for those who think deeply when they explain things. And you the type of snips glue with boots without the shoestrings. And answers the fucking door when you thought you heard a phone ring. Dumbass is just a bunch of ignoramuses that follows every trend. It don't matter how fucking lame it is. Go on and 
live your life walking with your eyes closed. I know. If ignorance is a drug, then you fucking overdose. I know. Go on and play this stupid shit until you overload. I know. You're dead already, just waiting for you to decompose. I know. My music's not for you. It's Absolutely. nothing that you even need. I know. It's had, you know, like I say, when I was younger, it was guys like uh, Run DMC. Mm-hmm. And they had a, an impact on not just the lyrical content, I guess. I mean, just the the introduction to the art form yeah. expanded expanded things about how I see the world. But uh, yeah, exactly. This is one of the things that drew me to rap. And then I kind of drifted away, like you say, when it was all about, you know, look at how great my car is. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, or alternatively, uh, how I'm going to smash you. And, right. And, <laughs> right. Uh, you know, I understand the battles. It, it tends to be a lot like that, right? But when mm-hmm. it's uh, laying down a track and the only thing you have is that kind of content over and over again. So, you know, a lot of that stuff uh, I would like hearing on the radio once or twice, but I never really got into it. Right, right. Uh, so, like I say, hearing your your stuff was, uh, I've been listening to it a lot. Thanks, it's, man. I appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, it's great. Uh, we both have a Christian background. So when you're, do you remember any of the Christian rap groups from years back? Um, Vaguely. I remember a lot of local guys, uh, well, not a lot, but it was a few local guys in Baltimore. And I heard one, actually, he wasn't bad. As far as I'm, I'm, I'm speaking from a technical standpoint, lyrically, the way he put the, his rhymes together, they weren't bad. I think the problem with, with uh, Christian rap is that nobody wants to be preached to while they're dancing. That's the problem. <laughs> no one wants to be preached to in the club. That, that's the problem. You know what I mean? And yeah. I think that's why it will probably never... Uh, enjoy the even though the vast majority of people in this country self identify as Christian, I don't think it will ever enjoy the same amount of popularity as the secular uh, hip hop. Yeah. And I don't think I don't think that mine necessarily will either. I mean, I rap about other things too, but you'll never see me like I don't rap. I don't rap about uh, thug life or you know like all that 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 type of stuff because it's not interesting to me. It's just not. It's easy to do. I used to do it when I was a teenager. It's easy. It's it's nothing hard about that. It's not challenging at all. Not at all. So yeah. um, I don't particularly, like, there are some guys that do it that I listen to that I was like, yeah, I like that. I like, I like how he did that. I like the beat. I like the way he put his rhymes together. Oh, that's an interesting metaphor or simile he used there. Yeah. But as a rule, I don't, and I usually don't um, collaborate with artists where that's the bulk of their content. Because yeah. I have an audience now, and they don't want to—they don't want to see me do that either. I don't want to do it. Either, so, you know. obviously, the reason that I went away from all the Christian music was as I started drifting away from the church. But they've got—I, yeah. you know—I guess they've got their set audience. And that, they be... do. They do. They have the um, the the side huggers. They have. They have. You know, all the. <laughs> they they do have an ingrained, just like I do. I think. One thing, um, one of the artists in Grand Unified, Johnny Hoax, he said, and it sticks out of my mind, he said, you can find an audience for almost anything as long as it's polished. As long as the material is polished, yeah. and there's 7 billion people in the world. You can find <laughs> some audience for any of that. So they, I'm, I'm sure they do They do probably do quite well on an independent um, underground. I'm pretty sure they do, they do really well. Um, I just don't believe that it will ever be anything beyond that simply because of the context. And and for the record, even when I was a Christian, I hated gospel music. <laughs> just, just saying, <laughs> just just putting that oh, out there. Oh man, yeah, the, I the, hated gospel music. Yeah. So depressing. 
<laughs> and, and really, uh, there's on some level, even when I was a Christian, on some level, how much can you respect the, basically like a dozen or so catchphrases or, or concepts that are sung over and over again? Yeah, right. <laughs> right. We have, like we have this brand new song, and everyone's gonna love it. And it's basically, He's the same lines. Praise him, praise him, praise him. Yeah, that's, you know, that, that's but, that's the extent of. Oh, he he changed my life, or whatever. You know, it's. It, yeah. I don't know. It's just. Praise him, I, praise him, over yeah. and over again. But but you know, it's not indoctrination. Oh no, it's never that. <laughs> it's never that. And, and, that's you know, just what. Sorry. The, the bottom line with with all of that is any place that they or someone will sit you down for two hours, you can't look out the windows and you can't ask questions. They're brainwashing. <laughs> like, <laughs> they're brainwashing. Yep. Keep your yeah. eyes open and listen to what, what what I am saying for this next yeah. hour. Yeah, come on. I mean, that's just not cool. And again, people, I know they're conditioned to it because when you start somebody out as a child, it, it's difficult to break that stuff, man. It is, right? Yeah. And it's even, it, it's ingrained in our language when, when somebody sneezes, bless you. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's, it's, it's a tough hill to climb. But yeah. I think the more of us talk about it in an intelligent, sometimes entertaining uh, way, I think it'll become more socially acceptable to talk about because we got to get to that point first where yeah. it's not a taboo to even discuss it. And then once we get to that point, we could probably get to a point where they're actually listening to what the hell we're saying. <laughs> like, yeah. are you really hearing what I'm saying? Like, the emperor is not wearing any clothes over there. Like, yeah. If you pull that <laughs> curtain back, it's just a man over there with smoke screens and a light show. Right? <laughs> He's not the mighty yeah. Oz. You know, well, see so. if you can if you get them to consider your arguments, uh, yeah, then you're already uh, helping them take their uh, early steps towards Absolutely. understanding the flaws. So Absolutely. that's probably why they re- resist us, I imagine. Oh yeah, I'm certain of it. <laughs> I'm certain of it. Um, like I said, a lot of the conversations I've gotten into with people over the years has really taught me a lot too, because you know I was very abrasive at first too, and I think. I, I know I noticed it a lot with people that are just um, coming to grips with their atheism. They're real pumped up about it. Yeah. They're real pumped up about it, and sometimes they go a little overboard. You know, um, <laughs> I was that same way. You know, so I, I I recognize it. But the the longer I've been having these discussions and 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 talking to people and seeing how to actually deal with people and what people are more receptive to than not, I've learned to do. That's just not. That tactic there will get you ignored. They get every point that you, every good point that you put into that conversation, completely ignored. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I was a, an atheist for a couple of years, like I say, before I started letting people know. Mm-hmm. And for me, that anger came after I started getting into conversations openly with people about it, um, who were, you know, we're getting into arguments. Infuriating. So, yeah. Some so of the I, things they, some of yeah, dude. I, <laughs> <laughs> I know some of the stuff, some of the the assertions they make, some of the things they say, and 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 how judgmental they are about people. Like some of the stuff, it can definitely push you, you know, to yeah. get into some aggressive uh, uh, posture with them. Because I mean, and then some of it is so I just gotta say, so absurd <laughs> that <laughs> that a lot of it doesn't really deserve. <laughs> A response like it's 
sometimes I demonstrate absurdity by being absurd. It's so bad. You know, like, I yeah. just... Well, you know, I just had to set some standards for myself. Like you say, at first you're 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 over aggressive, right? There's a, yeah. there's a phase where that's natural. So I, one one of the standards I set, for instance, is uh, with Facebook. When I was first letting people know, and they started getting into it with me, I would start putting up status updates that were quotes out of the Bible, and, <laughs> and that's and that's all it was. But it would be like God telling you know in the Old Testament how to smash kids' heads on rocks. Yeah, right. <laughs> Right. right, and I would get these furious responses from people, and I out of you know, context. Yeah, yeah, you <laughs> out of context. That, and of course, you know, obviously, you and I both know there's no justifying context for that. No, but, not at all. <laughs> not at all. But like you say, it's counterproductive in the sense that it would just get people angry or shut people off. A couple people <laughs> dropped off of my list. Yeah, uh, and I just realized like this is more my analogy is it's more like sitting at the dinner table with friends and family. Uh, no sense starting a fight, right? You know, don't have to start it, but I mean, I'm not going to finish run it. But... Yeah, <laughs> right. Not, that's that's the one thing I'm not like. I understand that there is a time and place, yeah, in certain social situations where you need that where that conversation doesn't need to be part of the equation. But I'm not running from it. So so if if you ask me, be careful, <laughs> be careful what you ask. Me, you know, yeah, you have to take some responsibility for that too. Like and, the first that's take responsibility for that. Be careful with you. If you really don't want to hear my answer, you probably shouldn't ask me a question. It, and it's yeah. amazing how people ask so many questions when they obviously don't want to know the answer. Yeah. But why yeah. are you asking that question and then getting angry that I'm answering it? Right. You wanted me to tell the <laughs> truth, or would you prefer that I lied to you? And I think deep down secretly, uh, the human ape loves to be lied to. <laughs> that's yeah, what I think. It's, it's true. <laughs> loves to be lied to. Well, I mean, that's, to feel good, that's a much quicker way to make uh, friends in the general oh, public. Oh, yeah, and influence is, people. Yeah. You know, <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. right. Yeah, they definitely. love it. They, they like to be patted on the back and told everything is going to be all right. You know what I mean? Like, it's, it's cool. I'm down. I'm with you. I think like you think. We are one. It's a, it's a, I'm telling you, they, they, they love it. But the moment you... And one, thing I, one thing I always like to say is that stupid people will do stupid things in, in a vacuum and high-five each other. It's only until <laughs> a smarter person from the outside comes in that they'll ever change the way they think or whatever. And it's the approach that other person used. So when you see all this confirmation bias between people that all you know pretty much think the same way and don't question each other because what they're saying is exactly what the other person thinks, and they high-five and they're saying, they might be saying some stupid shit. Yeah. <laughs> and it takes a guy like me or a guy like you to walk up. Hey, you didn't realize that's some dumb shit you over there saying. Or that's that's really stupid. And I'll tell you why it, it's dumb. And then the way you do it depends on whether or not they'll be receptive to it. You know, it's, it's how yeah. you do it. My uh, The guy who's going to be my regular co-host uh, was here yesterday. And uh, he the term he used, because he's talking about uh, arguing with a few particular uh uh, young Earth creationist that he knows, oh. and the term he uses, he said, "What irritates me is when they are gleefully ignorant." Yes, where <laughs> they just yes. smile at me and yes. essentially are admitting they don't know what they're talking about, and they're so happy about it. And it's satisfying. <laughs> oh, dude, you know, it's a reason why when you take the acronym for their name, it's pronounced "yuck," because that's <laughs> that's pretty much like I can't. 
it, it, it's that gleeful ignorance and it's also that arrogant ignorance. The, the type that, that, that tells you, number one, no, I don't know and I don't care. I'm smarter for not knowing if that makes sense. <laughs> like, yeah, like I, yeah. you know, like I can't, or, or the type that tells you they can't, or feels like they, they can't be questioned or corrected, you know, yeah. they feel like they can't be corrected. So yeah, it's, it's a pet peeve of mine as well. Yuck. Yuck. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good descriptor for guys like Ray Comfort, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. You know, uh. yeah. I call them um I call them regressives. They're not progressive, they're they're regressives. They yeah. want to take us back. But actually in reality, let, let's call a spade a spade. They don't want to take us back to that. And this is the thing that I pointed out in the song um Ballad of the Nonbeliever. When I said, Don't believe these guys to say it's science they despise when they standing in the line for the iPhone five. I love that line. That's awesome. <laughs> you know, like don't believe it. Man, this is a a, a talking point a position that they feel they have to take because they believe that somewhere there's yeah. somebody keeping score of this. But in truth, their actions betray their true feelings. Yeah. They love technology. Every time they turn the light on in their bedroom when they wake up, they love technology. Every time they, they log online and then and, and talk to people about how scientists don't know shit. You know what I mean? Like, like the, the, you know, the same scientists that use the exact same method that allowed your computer to work in the first place, yep. all of the scientific <laughs> principles that came about as a result of the scientific method that allows you to be able to drive your car and understand the forces at work right there. Like, yeah, those same guys that don't know shit, that, but you're constantly benefiting from, from the shit they don't know. And it's ridiculous. It's absurd. That's a pet peeve of mine, the anti-science crowd, because they're not really anti-science. Right. It's just, they, it's just a talking they're, point. They're picking and choosing. Yeah, it's a it's a yeah. cognitive dissonance. From my background, that that line as uh, an awesome line, particularly good for my background because the generation before me, were, they're all, like my parents' generation, they're all mm. modern, but mm. our grandparents or great grandparents, they're all old colony Mennonites, yes. horse and buggy and stuff like right. this. Right. So one of the things that I have said to some of them in discussions before is. So you don't believe in a lot of scientific theories as science, as a community, presents them because you don't agree with them on your theology. Right. But I don't see you going back to horse and buggy. You're still <laughs> using all this technology. Yeah. Like you say, cell phone is the perfect example. It's so personal and it's so cutting edge for most people yes. when they're carrying it around. When you carry your cell phone, your cell phone, and I say the same thing about my computer, my cell phone is like another room in my house. I keep really cool stuff there. You know what I mean? So, so when I and I know it's that way for the vast majority of us living in the first world, especially. I know it's that way. So when when I hear them, you know, go on and on about scientists and and harumph scientists, <laughs> scientists. When I hear that, it really irritates me because they saying it while they got the Bluetooth in their ear. Like it really irritates me when they say that after they watched uh, uh, the the Super Bowl on a big screen TV with cable. Like, it really irritates me, you know what I mean? So, I don't know, man. Yeah. It's, and it's, it is frustrating. I, uh, when it comes to um, uh, other ideas, like when I get more into the, what's specifically skepticism, mm -hmm. ideas that aren't specifically religious, um, people have a lot of unfounded ideas as well these days that are, have you heard of this, uh, I don't know what it's exactly called, people think that they have a wind turbine near them? And they think that this is going to make them sick. 
Yeah, I, 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 I saw a blurb about that online. I, dude, what is, what, what is the deal with that? Like, <laughs> well, what they say is that it's releasing certain like uh, frequencies into the local area, and it makes people sick. You know, the specifics are not as important because you know I, I was introduced to this. <laughs> I was introduced to this by hearing it a couple times on a show called Coast to Coast. Mm-hmm. I've I'm heard sure of them. Yeah, yeah. Yep. It's, a, it's it's an evil show where they yeah. <laughs> they endorse all uh, they endorse all this to lonely people in the middle of the night at home. Yeah. But uh, yeah, but I, I went into a restaurant and they had a few kilometers away, uh, a couple miles away, they had a a wind turbine set up, one of these giant ones, and they had a flyer up saying, you know, let's shut this down. There's this doctor who wrote this book, and this is causing harm. And I, and I read the flyer, and it's talking about the frequencies, right? So I looked at the, the lady who ran the place, and I said, did you guys put this up? I was like, is this something that's going on here? And she said, oh, yeah, yeah, it's, I put that up, and I'm trying to get the people in the community aware of the dangers of these wind turbines. And I said, so you're, you're concerned the frequencies are, are affecting you, your health and, and everyone else around here? Yeah, and I said... Uh, so have you tried calling in? Like do you, I said, you have a cell phone with you, right? And she's like, yeah. I said, have you used it to call in and talk to this doctor about the dangers of frequencies, the high-end frequencies? And oh, she's like, well, funny. yeah, she's like, no, she didn't get it at all, right? And I'm like, oh, well, maybe the next time you throw some food in the microwave, uh, just take a, step, a couple steps away and, and try and find his number. And there was a couple of people in the restaurant who understood what I was doing, but she was completely oblivious. <laughs> oh, that's so bad. Dude, yeah. uh, <laughs> but see, but you know what? I'm glad you did it because you made a larger point. And I would just love for somebody to take like that, that example of what you did there and apply it to a lot of things. <laughs> like just a lot of things like the frequencies are going to hurt you, but you're on your cell phone. The frequencies yeah. are going to hurt you, but you use the microwave. The free- <laughs> like, dude, like, come on, please. I mean... It, that's know. that's I that there is a common thread. There are some differences, but as far as the 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 way the brain works, about, yeah, it's a type of ignorance. And people, um, they present things to you that, as a lay person who's never looked into it, sound plausible on the surface. Yes, 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 absolutely. I think, and that that's the other thing. It used to be a time when the the, the village idiot. The neighborhood crank yeah. was isolated in his little area. Everybody knew who he was. Oh, that's the that's the weird dude that wears the aluminum foil cap on his head. Yeah, we, we ignore him. Unfortunately, <laughs> in 2013, we have the internet, so yeah. the village idiots can connect with each other and make websites and look like a a, a real force out there where they were once isolated. And you could look at them and clearly see that they were batshit crazy. Yeah. Now, Absolutely. they can really make themselves seem like... Because I've seen websites that look very snazzy. They look very, you know, impressive. But I yeah. always go to the about section of every website that I'm not familiar with. I haven't used over a period of time. I always go to the about section. Because I want to see who's doing this. What's yeah. their motivation? See if I can get a clue on that. Because, man, I'm telling you, just the idea that people think that all I have to do is post a link to something in the conversation. And I've proven my point shows me that we still have a lot of work to do. 
as far as the skeptical community, <laughs> teaching skepticism, we have a lot of work to do. Don't get me wrong. I'm happy to see people are trying to throw a citation or a reference for their bullshit. Yeah. I, it's a I'm, first. That's, it's a first, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but but I, it needs to go to that next level of actually vetting that information before you present it to me as if, ha, atheist zero, theist, conspiracy theorist, yeah. slash... Uh, 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 homopathic <laughs> medicine person one, you know. Another difficult thing is like you're saying, first of all, I think that there are a number of uh, particular atheists that are unaware that the, how these people are grouping, not just on the internet, but uh, the show uh, Coast to Coast I mentioned. Uh-huh. I, my, one of my, I used, as a truck driver, right? I used to listen to for entertainment late at night. I thought it was funny. Right. Uh, but at some point I started becoming angry at the fact that I started realizing that a lot of this stuff was aimed at people who were feeling lonely or isolated yes, or were, they're even mentally ill. And in the past, yes. like you say, that was one person or two people. And now they're reinforcing that sense yeah. of, yeah. of things that aren't based in reality. Yeah. And it's, a, it's I'm telling you, it's, it's a problem and it, it's something that's going to continually bite us in the ass unless it's, it's attacked up front like as soon as somebody drops some unsubstantiated nonsense, it yeah. needs to be attacked, and 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 it it needs to be not in a in a in a, in a offensive way, out, out you know on purpose. But if they're offended by us telling them that this isn't so and this is why, or you don't have enough evidence actually to present that as a fact, you can believe it all you want. You know, but to present it out there like this is what's happening, and this yeah. is like like that's where I really have an issue with. Because I mean, all of us have uh, thoughts about uh, situations we see based off of the limited knowledge we have of the situation. But I think the trick of it is to position yourself like I don't know if this is true, but this is my thoughts on it after seeing what I've observed. If you just frame it that way, you won't irritate me. But the moment you say Man, this is what I had a guy say the other day um, that the CIA gave the Syrian thugs the sarin gas so they could have an excuse to go into Syria. Now, here's the thing. <laughs> here's the thing. You know, I know our country does, our government, excuse me, does some some fucked up shit and has for years. Yeah. But you can't use the fucked up shit they did in the past to make a truth claim about this incident unless you have evidence because every claim has to stand on the merits of its own, not based off of, well, because that's like saying that if I stole a car before, went to court, if they proved I stole it, that means that every car that's stolen afterwards had to be stolen by me because I stole a car once. It's, 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 it's really, it's irritating. Yeah. <laughs> it's irritating. I, uh, I was introduced to a lot of concepts. Uh, some some people disagree with certain things that he said, but I like the general flow of Joseph Campbell's uh, breaking down of mythology, mm-hmm. the different types of contexts of how people basically function. Mm-hmm. And what you're getting at, uh, this irrational way of saying the CIA, or let's just jump right straight to the Illuminati. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I had someone yeah. ask me about that the other day. Oh, you believe in the Illuminati, right? Like it was a uh, given based on something else I had said. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, 
you know, people have different ways of using it, but essentially I disagree with pretty much all of them, uh, unless by <laughs> Illuminati you just mean like a general sense that there are people you don't like that are in power. Oh, well, we but, can all agree to that. <laughs> yeah. But the yeah. the Illuminati, or like in this case, like you said, the CIA, mm-hmm. they have to have these uh, supernatural, superhuman abilities to have these coordinated secret efforts and right. pull off things with such perfection Right. And I think that goes back to just the narrative we always have in mythology where uh, you have the insurmountable villain or evil yes. force and the other person telling you the story clearly is playing the role of the hero yes. <laughs> who is yes. who is looking to challenge it. Yes, absolutely. That, that's a, yeah, you know, it's funny because you say that because if you really look at, I was watching the other day this movie called Immortals. And it's based off the Greek uh, myth about Theseus and 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 him, you know, him being the son of Zeus and all this stuff like that. And yeah. I was just noticing the, some of the um, paradigms in the story very similar to the way people frame uh, their big bad conspiracy dudes now. Like yeah. like the gods are all powerful. They work in mysterious ways. They can get shit done that you couldn't even imagine. So all someone has to do is just say the gods did that and it kills the conversation because it's understood to these people that oh the, well the gods can do anything and that's kind of how it is with when you say when they say the cia the illuminati they then in turn become the new gods and once you say the illuminati did it to a group of people that believe that illuminati can do anything that's the end of the conversation they don't even have to you don't have to prove to them you don't have to bring any evidence to bear you just have to say the illuminati did that and to those group of people, that's enough. Like, oh, well, you know, they can do anything. So, yeah, you know, that sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. And I, that's one of the thing, arguments that really, there was a period of time uh, before I, you know, solidified myself as a skeptic. I was already mm-hmm. an atheist, but like not quite a skeptic yet. I didn't have those right. tools in place. Where, I, you know, I didn't believe in shape-shifting lizards that were running the government <laughs> the or anything. reptilians. <laughs> but but some of the stuff that came across from a certain point of view, I would entertain it. Me too. Right. Me too. And uh, yeah, and developing those skills of like you say, what is your source for this? One of the things I like to ask people is, what journal is it published in, or what mm-hmm. institution? What the researchers who did this? What institution were they attached to? Something where I can try and find some level some of the reliability. Point. Yeah. Yeah, I feel you. I, I definitely feel you. I definitely feel you. I think that's important too because to give, to give you an example the website that the guy cited that was talking about the cia and the sarin gas and the syrians yeah i go to the website and i'm reading it and they have videos there now it was three videos the first video didn't say what the guy said it was supposed to say it didn't show that it just showed a bunch of syrians speaking in their native tongue you know, that's it. It didn't, it didn't say anything that he was saying that he said. Then the second one was the tell. This was the tell. The second one was a video of apparently someone um, um, taking the gas or the weapons or whatever and putting it into a truck or something. Mind you, in the background, they had this sinister music playing. That's uh, the tell right yeah. there. That's yep. the tell. Like, like, dude, you can't really tell me that you think this is legit? Who does that? Like, like no, no reputable <laughs> journalist or, 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 or fact-finding news outlet puts sinister music behind. <laughs> a, come on, are you serious? Like, 
that's Hollywood. Like, yeah. I do yeah. that. <laughs> you know, that's not something. Come on, man. Like, that's yeah, the they, tell. They used to call that type of behavior propaganda, and now they call it public relations or communications. Yeah, yeah. It's so prop. <laughs> it's so prop. I like the original term, propaganda. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Get your emotions going rather than you know, overpower any doubts. Yeah, so that you you don't you suspend disbelief, and I think therein lies the problem right there. Like we're too quick we're too quick to believe something without actually looking into it. Yeah, and we don't know how to compartmentalize in our brains. This is the stuff that I'm reasonably sure of, and this is the stuff that I just have a feeling based off of the limited knowledge I have might yeah. be the case. But I'm willing to change depending on the evidence. We have, it seem, it seems like the human ape has a problem trying to do that. And it's funny because Atheist um, posted a comment on my channel, my YouTube channel, a while ago. And they were kind of trying to give me the business about the name of my channel, Rational Warrior. And the thing I tried to explain to them was like, being a, a rational warrior, at least my take on it, is not just about fighting the forces of irrationality from without. It's also about fighting it from within because we all have them. And every day I try to fight it. Every day. But some people aren't even trying. <laughs> They're not even picking the sword up to, 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 to truly try to falsify their own thoughts. They, they, they won't do it. Man. They won't do it. I wanted to uh, ask you about a couple of your songs. Just get mm-hmm. First one I'll ask you about is Dark Matter. This one stood out. <laughs> Uh, what what inspired this? What what was? Well, um, last year, sometime, uh, the Grand Unified uh, Movement was trying to. We was gonna. We was working on a comic book. Each of the the characters in the comic book was going to be loosely based on the artists that's in Grand Unified, as well as some of the other members. Um, me being, you know, my stage name in Tombstone, the Dead Man. Uh, I created a character for the comic book that was based around my name. Um, the, the premise of the comic book was that, imagine if the world had never went through the Dark Ages. Like, it, instead of it being the Dark Age, it was a dark period of maybe 40 years. And it got crushed, and enlightenment came early. And just imagine in that same world, uh, quantum computers were developed in the 1800s. You know what I'm saying? Like, wow, yeah. just imagine the world, you know, that that would have produced. And that's the backdrop from the comic book that that those first two verses are the origin story of my character. And the other artist is Grand Unified Artist, um, Lady Assassin. That is the uh, the origin of another character in the story, Dark Matter. And I always I laugh because I always get questions about this. Uh, I think people so people hear it without the context of the comic book and go, wow, what is he, what are they really saying? <laughs> yeah, I'm a, I'm a huge comic book nut. I, I admitted comic geek. Um, so ever since I was uh, probably about 10 or 11, a friend of mine had all these comic books in his house. And I, I, I used to go up there and I would read them. Like, this stuff is amazing. <laughs> so I, I, I grew up reading them and I f- kind of fell off from reading them for a while and uh, my nephew was in uh, a bookstore, I think it was Barnes and Noble, and he found some. And he, he bought them, and, he, and I looked at them, and I was instantly back into it again. <laughs> you know, so 
I, I doing the comic book, we kind of um we haven't shelved the idea. It's just it's been put on the back burner because there's other things that we need to do. But um. We definitely, we definitely want to do that. That's something we definitely want to do. Why am I wearing this? Why would my family dress me like I'm a lord of the Sith? I need some time to think and figure this out. Is that some people coming? They see me, they scream and they shout. And now I gotta get away from this place. I start to run in, but I notice that I'm moving at a startling pace. Faster and faster, I just don't understand. And plus, I didn't even notice what appears to be a scythe in my hand. I jump over the fence and land about a hundred yards away. In the street in front of a truck that's quickly coming my way. I guess my instincts took over and started Swinging the sight to my surprise, I ripped the truck in half and only one slice. Last night, while dreaming of dark matter, the walls of my reality crashed and began to shatter. And when I opened my eyes, my life was ripped and tattered. Must be the dark matter, must be the dark matter. Last night, while dreaming of dark matter, the walls of my reality crashed and began to shatter. And when I opened my eyes, my life was ripped and tattered. Must be the ballad of a non believer. Mm -hmm. uh, what was your, what was your uh, inspiration for bringing that one up? Um, well, when I, that, that song comes from, as well as Dark Matter, comes from off the Death Lives, uh, um, EP. Um, the album I released previously was Rise of the Infidel. Rise of the Infidel is all atheism all the time <laughs> on there. Um, the Death Lives one was, I consider that kind of a supplement to that first one, but it had different, different content on it. Ballad of the Non-Believer came about because... I still wanted to talk about that topic. Um, that's why the first verse, I'm kind of explaining how I grew up yeah. and how I don't blame my mother for me being religious because she grew up in a society and in a community where that was, you know, the thing to be. There was no, there, there was no other way to look at life and, and to look at how you were supposed to conduct yourself and behave except through the lens of religion. She meant well. She thought that she was doing yeah. the right thing, you know. I can, I can totally. Uh, uh, one of the things I've clarified a couple times, just to make sure people don't get the wrong idea, is that my parents are good people. Yeah, you know, I'm not trying yeah. to say they're bad people or that they're stupid. That's another one that sometimes people exactly, say. exactly. Yeah, they 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 were just wrong, um, and we all are wrong at times. So you know, I didn't, I don't, I never, I don't blame. That's why the first verse. Is about that. The second verse is the one where I, you know, I, I really wanted to talk about the science part of it because, mind you, these th this song was not written all in one day. I wrote a verse one day and a verse another day and a verse another day. And what what really inspired the second verse is from the conversations I've had online and in person about that with the anti science crowd, you know. And I definitely wanted to um, put my foot in the ass of those comedians that were running around saying, if we came from monkeys, then why are there still monkeys? Which to me, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which to me is the equivalent of saying, if we came from mothers, why are there still mothers? Like, dude, stop. <laughs> stop. You're going to hurt yourself. Stop. Yeah, so, yeah. and then the, the last verse was more like a battle type of thing. I, had, I, I was feeling antagonistic. Yeah. That's why the last verse came out the way it did. Um, you know, it's just that song in particular, like I said, got me uh, a nice amount of attention on that album, like even to the point where the local paper in my town, which is decidedly not atheistic themed at all, <laughs> did a, um, a little story on the album and particularly focused in on that song. So, yeah, yeah. Um, 
the last the last one I want to ask you about in particular is uh, purpose. Mm. Yeah. Um, a lot of times I think as atheists, we get caught up in what we're not. Yeah. And as skeptics, we often get caught up in breaking down other people's misconceptions. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, but uh, purpose touches on uh, what we are. You know, it's a, yeah. positive, it's a positive thing about the freedoms or, or the perspectives that we can now have. Right. So what, were you th what was your inspiration for this? Or what's your perspective on it now? My perspective on it is basically, you know, too many, too many people have this idea that they were put here to do something. And the person or thing, there's an outside agency that has already scripted their life and said, this is what you were put here to do. And my position on that, which is, which is what informed the song, is that I make my own damn purpose. There is no outside agency, no, no supreme a script writer up there saying what I want to do with my life and, and, and the things that, that I think are important. That comes from, you know, my personal, the way I see the world. That comes from, of course, they are out, there's outside stimuli that affects that. But for the most part, I make my decision. Like, I, it's me. It's all about me. Yeah. Like, life has no purpose except for the purpose we choose to give it. And it's like you said earlier, um, too many atheists get caught up in what we're talking about, what we're not. Well, I'm here to tell you what I am. I'm a MC, father, skeptic, comic geek. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> That's I right. did, did, this is what I am. You know, and you want to know as far as in principle what I think. I think that parents should take care of their damn kids. Yeah. I, I, I think that too many guys shouldn't be hanging out there on that street corner creating all kinds of havoc. <laughs> yeah. I think, that, I think that reading is probably a great thing. Ask me. Ask me. Don't assume just because I'm an atheist. Yeah. And it's based off of some straw man atheist that the people who already don't like us created and put that into your head. Like, ask me because I make my own purpose. Don't tell me Whoa, but if you don't believe in God, I mean, what is your moral barometer? I don't even <laughs> want to go there with that foolishness right there. You know, like, ask me what I think. Yeah. You know, because I'm going to tell you, I make my own purpose. This is, I, I rap because I want to. It's you also, in, it's, it's incredibly empowering once you have that sense of, uh, yeah. I, I, you know, don't tell me I need a destiny. I make my own destiny. Right. It's that, mine. That is extremely empowering, and I, and you know what? When it comes to talking to uh, to people who are still believers, um, or are big believers in Wu, isn't this like isn't this something that they need to see that um, that the person they're talking to yourself or me that you do have a strong sense of positivity in your life? Yes. If they don't see that in in you, they're going to wonder if that's you know. Uh, if I listen to what this person's saying, what am right. I going to have? What it? What, right. Because the thing they have now is all they know. This is all they have, and 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 again, they the the straw man that they develop about atheists is that we're lost. We don't know what we want. We don't know anything about as far as how to conduct ourselves. This is the straw man that they have because we don't have some god that's that wrote out a. 
a list of, of, of demands, a hostage note, basically. If you don't yeah. do this and don't do this and don't do this, I will send you to hell. Like, yeah. we, we don't subscribe to that. So in their mind, we're just like a, 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 a leaf blowing in the wind. Yeah. And I think it's important for us to start saying what we are. You know what I mean? Not, not just be defined by what we're not, but tell them what we are. And it won't be the same for everybody, which is the beauty of it. You ever fail. Won't be the same. But you're stupid if you ain't even try. Purpose that connects. Purpose that pulls. Guides that tries. It is purpose that defines. I make my own purpose. Purpose that connects. Purpose that pulls. Guides that tries. It is purpose that defines. I make my own purpose. All of my life I was the type that thought that I was worthless Unless defined by some designer that would grant me purpose I was a clown, I was down with religions, three-ring circus And convinced that daddy would hurt us and throw us in the furnace I used to think that Lucifer was waiting by the corner Just planting seeds of destruction and causing all disorder Total illogical thinking adopted from primitive people From an era where they first tried to define what's good and evil How could you apply this to what we know today? As if we haven't advanced or learned in the slightest way When I look back I think about all the time that I wasted Praying to the sky for nothing in man I can't replace it. So now I gotta live my Absolutely. Life. Diversity and, and different ideas, different perspectives. They're all good. Right. As long as, as long as they're based in reality. <laughs> as long as they, right. As long as they're based in reality and I'm not hurting anybody else. I'm not right. infringing on somebody else's uh, uh, quality of life. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I just, if I don't, one thing that kills me about Americans, kills me about Americans is that we are so against kings. We don't like emperors. We don't like kings. Yeah. But when it comes to a deity, we don't have the same. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you would think we would oppose that as fervently because that's yeah. what it is. You're basically, uh, religious folks are basically arguing for the divine right of kings, of a king. It, rem- it reminds me a little bit of that scene in, uh, the geek out a little bit, Lord of the Rings. Yes. Where uh, he offers the ring to that uh, elven the high element. Mm, and mm-hmm. she goes, you would have, uh, in place of a dark lord, a dark queen. queen yeah, yeah. You're yeah. replacing one with another, right? Right. That That's a good analogy. And it's actually, <laughs> that's a good analogy. That's actually the case. I, just, I don't know, man. I, I just think that we, we, we need to have more positive examples because you have to, at some point, like combat the narrative that they're trying to spin. And they have an engine that can spin it, you know, they have politicians lining up to kiss their asses. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, mean, I heard about there's a, one politician. I can't remember what state he's out of. He just announced his retirement, or was, mm-hmm. and uh, everyone knew he was gay. What's his name? And now, now that he's out of office, now he's willing to tell people he's an atheist. Yeah, how about that? Yeah. How about that? <laughs> so, so the next time you hear, um, you hear these radical theistic groups talking about the persecution of Christians in this country or religious people in this country, just laugh because <laughs> it's so not the case. Like, no, nobody, nobody gets on TV in the middle of a newscast and says, happy call Sagan Day. Yeah. <laughs> the poor majority. Happy, the poor majority. Yeah, come on. Like, <laughs> like you know, it, it's, it's ridiculous. Like, even when it comes to being president, and this is the part, another thing that really irritates me, because of being president of the United States, you basically have them having to reaffirm and reassure in the minds of, of the masses that they believe in angels, demons, 
and gods. Like, like they, they have to do that or no one will want to vote for them because, yeah. you know, they think somehow that's a litmus test, even though it's against the Constitution to have such tests. But it's, it's, it's subtle. It's not even subtle. Like, they're literally going out of their way. It's this huge marketing plan to show them at church. You know what I'm saying? Like, like yeah. show them. Like, it, it, it's disgusting. It's, it, it really is. And it's one of the, like I said, it's one of the things that irritates me because what in the hell does that have to do with how competent they are at this job? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, look, this guy here, he's got years of training and expertise in the area of, uh, of this and that. The other guy, he's just kind of a, a person with, I don't know, owns a business and it's unrelated. Mm-hmm. But they believe in God. Oh, that's the guy. Yeah, that, <laughs> that's, that's, that's the one. He, th- this guy believes in devils. Yeah. So we got to elect him. Are you serious? Like, I often, I've often said that the, the populace gets the government that they deserve. <laughs> like, if you have all these folks up in there that even if they don't really believe and feel like they got to lie, that's saying something. That's what? saying something about their character. Like, you have them in office. Yeah. So you're kind of you're screwed either way because either you have a nut job that believes that there are angels and, and demons and spirits <laughs> stuff, or you have a liar. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, you can't really win. Yeah, that's true. As a truck driver, I spent most of the last six years in the U.S. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm Canadian by citizenship, but I consider right. myself an honorary American. Right. <laughs> so one of the things I was able to catch up on a lot was I picked up these audio programs on uh, the, uh, history, mm-hmm. uh, rev- the revolution in particular, a lot about the revolution, a bit about the Civil War. But uh, the American politicians at the revolution time are very interesting uh, and very different from the politicians and the way the politicians now would paint the ones of the right. past. Right. One of the people that I found was really misunderstood was George Washington. Definitely not a saint, right. <laughs> though, though he's been sanctified. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, but he, one of the things people say about him is that he was a Christian. A lot of people will say this. But a lot of people don't realize that, first of all, the, there's a prayer book they circulate. It's not in his handwriting. <laughs> right? So it's not his book. Someone put it there later to make it look like he had a prayer book. Um, so, like, real historians know this. The general public is still told otherwise. And another big one was they say he was a Christian because he went to a certain church with his wife. But what they don't tell you is that when they would do communion, he would stand up and leave the building to make sure no one misunderstood why he was there, that he was not a believer. Wow. Yeah. Interesting things he learned when you actually get into the nitty gritty about history. But most people just don't, I guess they don't have the time or or the, some people, the inclination. Or the interest. Or the interest. I mean, it's interesting that you say that because one thing I've, I've also observed is how they've made patriotism in this country uh, or nationalism it's kind of a religion because what they've done is they've taken the constitution and made it a holy book and they've taken the founding fathers and made them into saints and prophets just by the way they talk about them by the way they like you say elevate them to sainthood as if these weren't real people doing real things in a very primitive time in our history which is the other thing um i think gets overlooked it was a primitive time compared to how we live now and some of the ideas and some of the social paradigms were vastly different back then than they are now and the way i hear especially those on the right but it's not just them 
And when I hear people talk about it, it's almost with a religious fervor. And if you um, dispute or, 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 how can I put it, disagree with a certain perspective and they can find one of the founding fathers that maybe had that sentiment or a similar sentiment, they'll post that up like, huh, if you don't think the way our founding fathers thought, yeah. then you're just not American. That's right. You know, it, it's because they it's, all thought as it, the Borg. They're all one yeah, mind. Yeah, they were all one mind over there. And yeah. resistance was futile. Yeah. Right. We we are right. the founding fathers, resistance is futile. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. So I mean, it's interesting. Just it just seems like we are somehow programmed to want to worship something. <laughs> like yeah. and I don't know if it's from a, a I don't know if it comes from a tribal uh paradigm where there's always an alpha. And, and the alpha, the guy, the leader that's in charge, he is looked upon as, yo, we follow this guy. This guy here, he's the one. He knows what to do. He's got the plan. And I don't know if it's an extension of that where we take that person and elevate them to a pedestal. But the one thing I do know is that as much as people love to worship heroes, they love even more to watch a hero fall. They oh, love yeah. it. That's- they love it. That's uh, a lot of what we see on television these days, too. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I don't want to be that guy. I, I, I just want to rap. I mean, I, don't get me wrong. I appreciate all the, um, the love and support that I get from, from my fans and supporters. But at the same time, I don't want to be that guy. That, that guy that everyone enjoyed on the way up, but is enjoying more on the way down. You know, well, I think I think the way to avoid that having that happen to you is to always have a sense of grounded self identity. Mm-hmm. Uh, what I tell people is that when famous people really get into trouble, uh, anyone who is like a celebrity status in any community is right. is not when people say all kinds of amazing things about them. It's when they start believing those amazing yeah. things <laughs> true. about true. them. That's true. Listen, but, I I want to say uh, before I forget, um, my co-host. I was talking to him, and he's not really big into rap, like you were saying earlier. Mm-hmm. But he loves what he's hearing from you, and he wanted wow. me. To, yeah, he wanted me to give you a shout out and say, "Keep it up, you know, it's no, excellent content." I said, Thanks, man. I really appreciate that. I really appreciate that. I will. Um, is there anything uh, that you want to leave? Uh, any message you want to leave in people's mind more than anything else? Like any partying? I think um, the overall message that I would have for anybody is to to be a skeptic that thinks critically. I think that, to me, a lot of our problems, you know, in society and, 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 and even our personal lives in general, comes from not being healthy skeptics. Um, don't just assume that the person knows what they're talking about because they're so passionately and emotionally attached to the idea. Because I have found more so than not, that's a perfect recipe for them not knowing what the hell they're talking about. They're too emotionally yeah. attached. Yep. You know, so, uh, that, that would be my overall um, message that I would like to give to people. And if, I, if I die today or tomorrow and, and people can get, get to understand that about me, it would have been all worth it. Well, thanks for, uh, you know, setting some time aside. No, thank you, man. Appreciate it. The city's afraid of me. I've seen its true face. The streets are extended gutters, and the gutters are full of blood. Death speaks. 
Tombstone the Dead Man. Hello, humanity. It's your boy, Death. I think it's time that we had a little heart to heart. Afterlife, it's only after death. When you're buried, the burnt maggots come to eat your flesh. Sooner or later, everybody ends the same quest. But you seem in a hurry to hand over your last breath. I think it's sad to see the sickness in humanity. It's like you're fascinated with sick and perverse fantasies. Why romanticize stories of species wide genocide? Why not just celebrate the limited time you are alive? See, I've been watching you monkeys for many years. Your history's full of deceptive thoughts and red tears. I reap the benefits of your murderous ways and laughed. I've even enjoyed the lines about the soul you think you have. You're not morally corrupt, you're just mentally fucked. Evolve big brains, but sometimes complexity sucks. Cause it allows imagination this unlimited range. Whether it's Mayan calendars or something equally strange. It's really astonishing you fuckers lasted this long. Another in-world prediction goes hilariously wrong. And there are times I get concerned with the state of global derangement. If you guys are good for nothing, it's certainly entertaining. There is no afterlife, it's only after death. When you're buried, the burnt mass come to eat your flesh. Sooner but later, everybody ends the same quest. But you seem in a hurry to hand over your last breath. 1925 AD, Joseph Rutherford predicted it's the end we'd see. April 22nd, 1959, Florence Hotel predicted that you would not survive. Surprise, surprise, you're still alive after Gene Dixon surmised that in 1962 the world was out of time. Now, fast forward about five decades, the same game still are being played, but now I shouldn't have to explain. This shit is so lame. Half your mortals have to have your heads up in your asses. Why the clever few feed off the gullibility of the masses? So now you got another one? You can't be serious. December 21st, 2012 has got me curious. How many times you gonna keep bumping your head in that wall? How many of you say the next day you didn't believe it all? See, this is getting awkward. I feel you stalking me. I'm serious. You human should really just back up off of me. There was a time your feeble minds couldn't even grasp that. I don't even exist for real dummy. I'm just an abstract. You guys created me. Personified with Natural. Born out of your fear of accepting the things as actual I've come to grips that your species is so psychotic But this is just getting embarrassing, so please stop it There is no afterlife, it's only after death When you're buried, the burnt maggots come to eat your flesh Sooner or later, everybody ends the same quest But you seem in a hurry to hand over your last breath There is no afterlife, it's only after death When you're buried, the burnt maggots come to eat your flesh Sooner or later, everybody ends the same quest But you seem in a hurry to hand over your last breath still here? It's over. Go home. Go.